have nothing to do. What games would you take there with you? With no one else around, you could go insane without your desert island games. Everyone is tuning in to Jail 76 Gaming. Hello and welcome to Desert Island Games on the Retro Online Network with me, John, also known as Jail 76 Gaming. And my guest today comes to me from over the pond in the good old USA, and his name is Xander Scullion. Welcome, sir. Hey, man. It's great to be on the show. It's great to have you. Yeah, it's great to have you on. I always like to get some of the I Got Gameplay crew on. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's crazy. The Retro and Limb, we're like one tight family, man, and we're we're yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yes, yes, and the Retro and Limb is um, ever-grown. Um, it's, I think I think um, I think Steve is eventually want to take over YouTube with his uh, retro on retro on network. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely getting there. I mean, it seems like uh, I joined Retro on Limb probably about almost a year ago, and just the amount of contributors that's joined the uh, the network and it's gotten it's gotten really big. A lot of people I know okay. uh, before have joined um, Retro on Limb now, so it's like almost. You know, everyone that's joined, I kind of know them in some shape or form. Yeah, I mean, I actually discovered uh, a new, well, not a new YouTuber, a new YouTuber to me that I'd not seen before, um, recommended by Monkey Spaz, and uh, I went and checked out his channel, and I discovered he was part of Retro Online, but I didn't even know who the guy was, so, yeah, <laughs> they're coming from everywhere. Uh, I've been on it for just over a year myself, I think, I think, so I was probably just a little bit before you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yes, um, you do your own podcast as well, don't you? Excess Gaming Podcast. Yeah, um, I guess I should tell some of the listeners a little bit of my history. Uh, I've been doing this now for about two years, and I started out doing the podcast. That was that was the one thing I wanted to get started on, and um, I, I did the podcast for like a month. And the first two episodes was just myself, and it was. And, and you know how it is, man. Like doing a podcast by yourself is not fun. It was uh-huh. it was really awkward. It was hard to figure out what I wanted to talk about. And so so I had my first guest, my first guest, quote unquote, uh, James Gruesome, and it, him and I knew each other from uh, my band because we'd always go to his town to play. And his his wife's a, a great tattoo artist, and she helped set up some shows with us. And uh, me and him really hit it off. We love retro games, so I had him on the show, and he never left. He's been, he's been a uh, a wonderful co-host, and he's been a part of the show with me for two years. And after I started doing the podcast for like a month, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and start doing a YouTube channel and the YouTube channel started out as just like an update thing. Like I was just going to update whenever I had an episode coming up or maybe like a little video here and there. But it's become two two separate things now that are just really conjoined together. You know, I, I try to put up a video every week on my YouTube channel and I do a podcast every two weeks now. And um, it's it's been a lot of fun. I've met a lot of great people along the way. So it's fortnightly then since Game of Podcast, yeah? It's every fortnight. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, well, we do, we do the podcast every two weeks, like every other, I, we try to do them every Tuesday, and, uh, it, it's just a lot easier. I would love to do 
a podcast every week, but I'm also part of other, I'm part of two other podcasts. And between that work and trying to get the videos, because I I try to put a lot into my videos with the editing and I try to make a really good product and it's just, it's just kind of hard sometimes. Yeah, I know how it is. I've got the, I'm part of another another podcast as well, which has not actually been done for a while, and that's um, usually on a Sunday. It's the Retro Renaissance podcast with um, Chris Shanked and Tommy Hollywood, but we've not done it for about a month. We've all we all end up with different commitments and but things. But I usually try and put this out every week. Desert Island Games. Um, we did have a, a two week break there before you go on. Yeah, you went to uh, you went to Spain. Yes, I went on holiday. How was that? How was that? Oh, it was great. Yeah, I went with my friends, not my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we go every year to um, various locations. Um, just uh, a kind of tradition, tradition that started about eight years ago, and we go every October. So, yeah, it was good. Was this was this your first time in Spain, or like oh, have you been there before? No, we go we go to Spain most years. To be honest, <laughs> just different bits of Spain. Sometimes we'll go to Germany and. Um, sometimes Holland, but she's usually Spain. Oh man, I, I I could only imagine. I've I've never been outside the U.S. and there's so many places I would love to go. Like I'd love to go to like uh, I'd love to go to Canada just because there's so many people yeah. there that I know personally. I'd love to go there and hang out with them, and I'd love to go to you know the U.K. and visit Burhan, and uh, I'd love to go to Ireland, man. I mean that place is freaking beautiful. Yes, Scotland's pretty beautiful itself. Oh yeah, yes. There's some beautiful. Not the part I live in, but uh, there's some nice parts of Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like that's like me. I'm uh, I'm I'm more Scottish than I am Irish, cool. so that's why I can't tan. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, the, the weather was really nice as well. That was a good thing about being in Spain. Like over here in Scotland, it's like raining and windy, and then over in Spain, it's just like twenty six degrees. You know, it's beautiful. Oh yeah. yeah. So plenty of um, alcohol being drank as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you've got your XS uh, gaming podcast, and you're on. I got gameplay. So how did you get involved with that one? Well, it was funny. Um, <clears throat> it's the funny story about how me and Burham met each other. Because we actually met each other a year prior before him and I started working together. Uh, he started I Got Gameplay around the same time I was just starting XS Gaming Podcast. And we were both on a uh, forum page for the Happy Console Gamer. And I remember I started posting some of my podcasts and stuff. And he was he messaged me or I messaged him. And we were talking about maybe collaborating and doing something. Well, we did that. And then we didn't talk for like almost a year. We just we just got we both got caught up in our own thing and uh, you know I, I think it was like episode thirty eight on I Got Gameplay he messaged me and he was like hey would you like to be on uh, I Got Gameplay because I think I made a post saying that I wanted to be on some podcasts or on the guests and stuff like that and I was like sure so we were on there and we talked and we had such a great time and then I came back for another episode when we had Rob Man on the show we talked about Mighty Number no. Nine and Mega Man. And it was just kind of it was just one of those things that I I was on there and we had such a great chemistry that he was just like, do you want to co-host? And I was like, sure, why not? So I it's been every Saturday now for for a year, uh, unless I have a show with the band. I'm on every episode of I Got Gameplay, and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a very it's very different than Excess Gaming, but it's it's a good different. Like uh, you know, it's I don't know how to explain it. No, yeah, it's a good show. It's it's very very polished, I think, and uh, 
I've been on it a couple of times myself, guesting. Oh yeah. I don't know if you I don't even remember if you were on the ones I was on or not, but um the one one of the ones I remember being on was uh, when we were speaking to Al Woe that made the Legends at Lanny games. Oh yeah, you know what was a funny funny yeah. hidden story about that? I remember I remember that episode because that was one of the first episodes that I was hosting. Like uh, I think Burhan had something he had to do, so he he handed me the helm, and I remember I was just so nervous because it was, you know, I got gameplay nine times out of ten. It's a live show, yeah. And I'm used to I'm used to like doing pre-recorded shows, and I was trying to get everything figured out and trying to get everyone together. And I had Al Lowe Skype me over and over again being like, are you guys ready to go on? And I'm like, oh, my God, Al Lowe's <laughs> blowing up my Skype. I need to do something about this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, asking Al Lowe afterwards if he, if he would come on Desert Island Games, but he said, no, nah, it's not really for me. So never mind. <laughs> um, he's, a busy, he's a busy guy. Yeah, he is. So how many guys are, guys and gals have you got presenting now on I Got Gameplay, regular cast? Uh, we, I mean, gosh, man, we, we've changed so many co-hosts mm-hmm. in just the last year, but the ones that really stick out of my mind that, of course, that I, I know really well and they're really good friends of mine is like, um, you know, Travis Goss from, uh, you know, uh, from YouTube. Also, um, Jamie, she's starting to do... Uh, more YouTube videos, and she's actually just joined Retro and Limb Network, and uh, Zach from Getting Your Nerd On, jeez, uh, I'm trying to think of some more, Miguel Leon, I, I really miss Miguel, Miguel's doing his own thing right now, he's doing the untitled uh, movie show yeah. with uh, with Burhan and um, Dave from Lomboy uh, 1975, and it's it's been it's been great, and, and what I really like about the whole experience is the fact that uh, it's like every day that I'm I'm doing this, I'm meeting people all over the world, and yeah. I can honestly say a lot of these people that I don't see personally every single day, I can consider them good friends of mine, and it's it's really cool, it's really awesome. As as I'm saying, I've met so many great people. So I'm I'm mostly via YouTube um, obviously I'm doing this podcast now as well but I've met so many friends through YouTube it's unbelievable just over the last year yeah my, my thing was my thing that was funny was you know I started out I think as a, as a lot of people I started out as a fan of YouTube like I watched a lot of channels and I really uh, I don't want to say idolized because that sounds kind of weird but I really looked up to their content and you know a lot of those people now I I talk to on a normal basis and become good friends with uh, you know one of them uh, being Johnny Millennium I mean I am a huge happy console gamer fan and that really inspired me to start my channel was watching his uh, watching his content and you know we had him and Rob man not too long ago on episode 100 of I got gameplay and it was like it, it's it's so weird sometimes. Sometimes I sit back and I'm like, this was someone I used to just watch. I used to just watch this guy all the time, and now you know I have conversations, and it's it's really weird. It's really weird. Yeah, I, I can relate to that because when I first started out, I was the same. I was like a fan of some of these channels, and like, I used to watch um, Lone Boys Post in '75, like religiously every single episode, and and then I ended up. You know, being on the retro online live stream and talking to him like on the show, and then when the show finishes, you, you end up talking to him to four o'clock in the morning, and you're like, "That's that guy I watched for a year, and now I'm sitting here talking to him. It's bizarre." Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing because we really try 
you know, we really, a lot of them that are, you know, a lot of people that are on YouTube, I mean, they're all so humble and, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't consider themselves celebrities. And I, I know I try not to like consider people celebrities, but it's just a weird, a weird feeling knowing that someone that you watch and you get entertainment from yeah. that you're talking to and uh, become good friends with. It's it's really weird. Yeah, I had uh, I've had a few of the guys you mentioned. I've had them on actually on Desert Island Games. The first one was um, well, the first one on Return the Network was with um, Zach Latour. Oh yeah, who came in actually as a last minute substitute because. Um, I had arranged to do it with somebody else and we got our times mixed up. So um, Michael uh, Borhan kindly arranged for Sack to come on <laughs> to the last minute. Um, I've had Jamie on. Um, mm-hmm. I've not had Tra- I'm going to ask Travis some, uh, hopefully soon to come on. Oh yeah, uh, Travis is a good guy. Yeah. And I had Rob Mann on one of the first episodes as well. But at that time I wasn't really... I had heard of, I had heard of Happy Console Gamer but I wasn't really... Like you guys, it wasn't, wasn't really something I was like that aware of. So when I was speaking to the old man, I didn't really know who he was. But I think if I knew now, if I, if I knew if, if I knew who he was at the time, I would have been so nervous because I didn't really know who he was. <laughs> so, I'm just a guy I'm talking to, you know. Um, yeah, but it's great to have yourself on as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so is there another podcast you're involved with, or is that just the two of them? Yeah, I've been I've been doing uh I've been doing this other podcast and it's I'm kind of guest co-hosting on it right now because he just started his podcast and he's got another co-host that uh, she's going to start going on and I'll probably still be on uh, I don't really know we're just having a fun time right now but it's called uh, Entertainment Talk Nation and that's with uh, Rob Rosado uh, on YouTube and uh, he his his channel his YouTube channel has to do all about entertainment like uh, movies video games comics you know everything that I'm into that's what his that's what his whole YouTube channel is on and uh, he started wanting to do a podcast and. You know, he knew my experience that I've been doing it for a while, so he asked for some of my advice and wanted me to go on a couple episodes. I've been on so far we've had four episodes that we've done together and it's been it's been such a blast because uh Rob, he's one of those guys that uh I, I watched him on YouTube. I talked to him a little bit online, but when we got on <laughs> Skype and did our first episode uh, there was no nervousness. It was like we knew each other for for years because we just hit it off so well. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, check him out. I mean, he's doing the last episode we did was uh, we talked about all thirteen of the new Marvel movies coming out and what we we're what our thoughts were and expectations of uh, that huge phase two uh, blockbuster tsunami that's about to hit a box office in the next couple of years. Yeah, I've seen that. So, um, I guess you must have posted something about it on Facebook because I've seen that. I've heard that mentioned somewhere before. Yeah, you probably mm-hmm. you probably posted, posted it on Facebook. <laughs> I'll def- oh yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, it's a good show. Uh, I think one of our favorites was uh, we had before this last episode, our third episode was the Halloween episode, and we talked a little bit about horror movies, and we actually started telling real life ghost stories, like things that had happened to us that were unexplained, and that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I love all that stuff. Fun enough, um, just after I was sent you a PM at four o'clock in the morning our time um, to confirm today. Just after that, I went and watched uh, 
a video of somebody's telling his ghost stories. And like, Why am I watching this at five past four in the morning? <laughs> I'm scared. Definitely. Anyway, I guess we better talk about the games. Um, you get to pick eight games that you would take on a desert island. Uh, I don't know if you've got a, got your eight lined up or not. I, I have a good amount in my head, you know. Yeah. I'm so I'm so bad at like top tens and yeah. and stuff like. That. I've I've tried to do that on my YouTube channel, and my problem is I I will think of a game, mm-hmm. and I'll think of a solid lineup, and I'm like, this is it, this is it right here, and I'll I'll list it off, and then like you know an hour or so later, I'm like, wait, 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 I like this too, you know. Yeah. So it's it's really hard for me to do it, but um, there is there is definitely some games um. I think the first one I want to talk about was uh, I'm a huge, huge Castlevania fan. Like that's probably my favorite series of all time. And um, I mean, I can knock three games right off the bat because three games I would like to take on a desert island with me would be some Castlevania games. Like I mean, of course, I'm a huge fan of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, it really introduced a whole new era. Of Castlevania. I mean, before Symphony of the Night came out, we were we were used to level based uh, gameplay, very linear platform. You know, hack and slash. You know, go from you know left to right. That's what it was. And every once in a while, you would go upstairs. Yeah. But when Symphony of the Night came out, it really introduced the exploration. That's where we got the whole Metroidvania uh, fan genre. Right there, and uh, it, it really surprised me. You know, I played it, and I first heard about Symphony of Night when it was uh, talked about on the Sega Saturn, and I was I was kind of pissed, honestly. <laughs> I was kind of pissed that it was coming out on Sega Saturn because I was just like, you know, Castlevania. That's that's N- Nintendo. I didn't even know about Bloodlines back then. I'm like, that's Nintendo right there. Why is it coming out on this new console? I want it to be on Super Nintendo and. Uh, years later, I finally got it for the PlayStation and fell in love with it. It's got so much replay value. So, Symphony Night would definitely be one of them. Uh, the second one would be um, Castlevania Bloodlines. Now, I was mentioning that I didn't really know too much about Castlevania on Sega systems because I was I had more Nintendo consoles when I was younger, and I played Bloodlines for the first time probably about. Uh, I want to say like probably eight and a half years ago, I played it for the first time, and I, I love it. A lot of people they always talk about Super Castlevania Four, and that is a great Castlevania. But I, I feel like Bloodlines doesn't get enough love. I mean, it had a fantastic soundtrack. It was the it was the first Castlevania that really had that mature that mature feel to it because you know it had blood and stuff like that. That that uh, matured thing that Sega did compared to Nintendo and. Uh, I really like that. I really like the fact that you could pick two different characters. You weren't just stuck with a Belmont, you know, with a whip. And um, you also played as the guy that had the um, the Joust, the Lancer, and stuff like that. That was really cool. So Bloodlines would definitely be a next one. And the third Castlevania that I really love that I wanted to mention is um, for the Nintendo. And that's Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Now, Dracula's Curse is probably my favorite. Out of out of all the Castlevanias, that's probably my favorite because I'm such a fan of the huge ca- uh, the, the first Castlevania, and this one took everything in the first Castlevania and made it better with alternate paths, alternate uh, characters to play as, and um, it also had a fantastic soundtrack. So that's that's my first three. 
Well, Three out of eight. <laughs> yeah, quick, quick, free off the back, um, quite quickly. Um, do you know the, the first one? Uh, not to say the second one. Uh, Bloodlines is actually known as Castlevania: The New Generation in Europe. You know, yeah, that? because yeah. yeah, it was the first Castlevania that didn't have a Belmont in it. You know, it had um, Jonathan. I think his, his name was Jonathan Morris. It had, unless I'm thinking of uh, Portrait of Ruin, because Portrait of Ruin is pretty much a sequel to the Bloodline story, um, because you had the the Morrises and the Belmont, which was funny because they they even linked the Morrises to the Bram Stoker novel. They're like, oh, these guys are related to Quincy Morris, who is the the guy that actually killed Dracula in the Bram Stoker novel. So I thought that was kind of cool how they yeah. did that. Yeah, uh, so the third one, uh, Castlevania, Dracula's Curse, is going way back. I mean, that's going back to uh, 1989, I believe. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, it, was the, it was the first game. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, go on, go on. <laughs> no, I was about to say, I mean, it was it was the first game that introduced us to uh, Alucard. Of course, yeah. And uh, obviously with this being Nintendo as well, that would be... Another good reason why it's one of your favourites. Mm-hmm. I know you like your Nintendo. Like you were saying, um, oh, why is this coming out for the Sega Saturn? <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I've always had... I've, I'm, I'm definitely not a fanboy. Like, I don't have... Uh, you know, I don't, I don't stick to one console or one company. Uh, but I've always just had a soft spot for Nintendo. Like, um, you know, when it came to the newest generation of gaming, I mean, I got a Wii U. I'm planning on getting a PS4 at, you know, early 2015 when I get my tax returns, and then later on get an Xbox One. But uh, Nintendo, it's just, that's one of the things that, you know, I cut my teeth on. So, I mean, it's just, it's one of my favorite companies. Yeah, I've, I was I was mainly a kind of Sega person, but I've got a Nintendo over the last year or so, um, mainly through uh, <coughs> emulators. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, do you know this um, Nintendo Power magazine listed this game as the ninth best Nintendo video game? Oh, really? Of all time, yeah. Nintendo, uh, sorry, Castlevania Three, the ninth best Nintendo game of all time. According to that magazine, I believe it. I mean, it's just—it's so timeless. Uh, what else can I tell you about it? Um, IGN placed it as the fifth on their list of top one hundred NES games. Oh wow! Yeah, so pretty highly thought of, I think. You know, what's really funny though is uh, for the people that are listening, um, if you have any way to play the Famicom version of Castlevania 3. Definitely check it out because Castlevania 3 on the Famicom has uh, a different soundtrack. It's it's the same music, but it's done with a different sound chip, and it sounds so much better than the NES. I mean, the NES soundtrack to Castlevania 3 is really good, but the Famicom with that extra little bit of synthesizer, it just really adds something to it. Yes, totally. Yeah, I don't know how much truth there is in this, but according to what I'm looking at just now, it says an animated Dracula's Curse movie is in development and may be split into three parts. It's been produced by F- Frederator Studios and written by Warren Ellis, with art direction by James Jean. Hmm. I'd be interested in that. Yeah. 
I don't know if you were involved in the Castlevania sketch that Michael Borhan did uh, a while back. Oh yeah, I was actually I was actually uh, Simon. I was the Belmont. Yeah. I can't remember. I was in it, but I can't remember who I was. I, I was a Scottish guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I remember doing the talking to Borhan on Skype and doing my part in Scottish because that's an accent I can do. Because so. <laughs> I'm Scottish. But yeah, it's it's not a game I've put a lot of time into myself, but um, it's like anything else. It's on my list. Castlevania series, series is on my list of games I really need to play. Oh yeah, they, they're, they're so much fun. And I've, I've, I just love the mythology and the story to Castlevania because, I mean, it's got such a... A uh, huge timeline and how everything kind of links together, and uh, you know, Castlevania Three. It's um, very important to the Castlevania series because that you know, Trevor Belmont was the first Belmont to defeat Dracula. So I mean, that's I mean, Trevor plays a huge part. I mean, I know a lot of people know Simon, and uh, you know, he's he's like the staple Belmont. But I'm much more of a Trevor fan myself. Yeah. Okay, have you got a fourth game in mind? Uh, yeah, yeah. Another another game I would like to add um, is one another one of my favorite series, and it would be uh, Mega Man Two for the NES. Uh, Roadman would approve. Oh yeah, I I've, I've, I always I, I've always loved Mega Man. Um, and Mega Man Two is the just the one that I always go to. I know that's the the, the staple that everyone runs. To, you know, they're always like Mega Man 2, you know, but there's a reason for that. It's got such a great soundtrack to it, it's got a very balanced difficulty to it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I love Dr. Wily's castle theme, that's you know, something I, I love listening to all the time, actually. And it just it had everything that uh, really put that game or that series in the forefront was the second one. I love the first Mega Man, don't get me wrong. But Mega Man 2 just had that little special something that's made that series what it is today. Yeah, I've, I've just recently played it for the first time, actually, um, a couple of weeks ago, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, like you say, the, the difficulty is quite balanced, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot more balanced than uh, Mega Man 1. And the music is awesome. I, I love a good um, classic retro um, soundtrack, and this definitely is a good one. Especially mm-hmm. when you when you're loading up the game on the intro screen, I think they I'm not gonna hum it or anything, but it's a good choice. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um now this was actually so it was Capcom, wasn't it, that developed and published it? Yes. It was out uh, for the NES in well, North America it would have been nineteen eighty nine. But we didn't get it until nineteen ninety one for the NES. Oh really? We're always way behind over here in Europe for some reason. But you know, but you know what? Uh, I, I I will say this though. I mean, uh, Nintendo of of Europe, the Europe, uh, the comp that branch. You guys are getting so much great stuff for the Wii U. I, I'm so jealous of it. I know uh, Burhan. I always message him when I find out about the the special orders and special bonuses that the UK gets compared to over here in the states. I'm like. You guys are getting plushies. You guys are getting this and that. And uh, I've been hearing rumors that Nintendo uh, Awanta, the president, was talking about lifting the region lock, 
which if he does that, I will be so happy. I'll be a lot more broke than I am right now because I will be importing uh, uh, Wii U games from the UK just to get those pre-orders and special bonuses. Yeah, that will cost you a pretty penny. Oh yeah, definitely. I suppose if you're if you're into collectibles, it's definitely worth it. I suppose. Yeah, it's 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 going to be crazy. But I mean, come on, it's 2014. They shouldn't region lock their games anymore. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's, I don't see a point in it anymore. It's just like it's it's one big world now, isn't it? So just give us all the same games. Yeah. So we all look at it. I was looking at. I mean, the critics. The critics uh, really thought highly of uh, Mega Man 2. The, um, Electronic Game Monthly gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, IGN gave it a 9.5 out of 10, so almost perfect. And it got a 95% from Mean Machines. Mm. So, very, definitely a very highly thought of game. Uh, now, have you completed it? Yes, yes. Uh, I've That was probably... I want to say that's probably my third or second NES game I ever beaten. The first NES game I ever beat was the original uh, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. That was the first game I ever beat. Ah, I'm trying to think. The first game I ever beat, I think it would have been probably Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh yeah, because I was a Sega boy, so. Well, Sega was a lot bigger over where you guys are at. I mean, like the Master System. You guys, uh, like, the Master System was so much bigger over there than it was over here in, in the States. I mean, I didn't know about the Master System until I was around, like, 13. I'm, you know, I'll be 30 next month. So, I mean, uh, I didn't learn about the Master System until years later after it, was, it wasn't even active. You know, it wasn't a thing anymore. It was a relic of the past even back then. So, I, I mean, the U.S., I think we only had about 100, maybe 140 uh, release games for the Sega Master System in the U.S., but compared to the U.K. and Brazil, uh, man, you guys have so much of a, of a bigger library for the Sega Master than we do. Yeah, I was going to mention it was really big in Brazil, wasn't it? I mean, it's still, even after it kind of faded away from the U.K., it carried on in Brazil for years, I think. Mm-hmm. They really took to it for whatever reason. But yeah, it was a Master System, master system that I had when I was a kid, and I had Sonic Hedgehog built into it. So, yeah. That's nice. Anyway, um, I, f- I think we're up to game number five already, so have you got a fifth one in mind? Yeah, um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can modify something a little here. Yeah. Uh, let's just say this desert island has has internet, okay? Let's, let's say I can plug an ethernet cable into a palm tree and get nice broadband connection. Because the fifth game I wanted to talk about is actually a recent game that I've really, really been enjoying, that unfortunately I don't have enough time to play it enough, and that's Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Uh, this was my first MMO I've ever played. I'd, I'm not a huge MMO person. When I first heard about this game, I avoided it like the plague, just like I did Final Fantasy XI. But a friend of mine, she uh, started talk- we, we were talking late one night, and she started mentioning Final Fantasy XIV and was like, you really need to get this game and play it. She started showing me screenshots, and I started playing it, and I really like it. I wish I had more time 
for it because it is an MMO, so there's a lot of um, time you have to put into it, grinding and leveling. But yeah. just the atmosphere alone and the story is worth playing it. Yeah, there's. I think we would allow you to have the Ethernet cable for the for playing this game, but not for not for communicating with the outside world. but just by some chance you know you know i'm sitting there on i'm on the island you know shaving a coconut and you know all of a sudden this router you know comes on shore and it's completely unharmed and it's like in a it was in a cargo like cargo box and it's like hey you know this i got ethernet right now i got internet this is gonna be awesome but uh i guess i would pick a uh let's see a substitute (laughs) say i don't have internet um I would say my fifth game would be uh, Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Um, that is, man, that's one game that honestly I can't just, I just can't play it. I have to beat it. Like when I when I get ready to play Super Mario World, um, I'll, I'll start playing it, and before I know it, I've already unlocked all ninety six levels. I've already beaten everything in Star Road. I've, oh man, that's just. So many memories with that game. I mean, that was one of the games that I played so much when I was a kid that my mom would be like, you know, she's like, I'm tired of hearing that man jumping up and down. You need to stop playing this game. You know, I played it religiously. So I guess that would be a bit of a time killer on um, on the island for you? Yeah. How long do you think it would take to sit through in one session and, and actually beat this game? Uh, Let's see. Um, like Super Mario World, I'm 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 trying to think like like beat it completely or just ju- or just like plow through it. Well, not just like not to beat it completely inside out, but just like go through it from like the next six levels or whatever. Uh, man, I could I could probably uh if I was just to plow through it and not worry about all unlocking every single thing. I could probably beat Super Mario World in probably about maybe two hours, just because I know I, I know I know I know a lot of shortcuts. Yeah. <laughs> so, have you ever do, do you do gameplays on your YouTube channel? I've I've started now. Here here's the thing. Here's the thing about my let's plays. Um, because I've had a couple. Uh, they're not as popular as my other content. Because I think I think my niche is is talking about video games and talking about my memories and and um, just showing my passion. That's really all my niche is on YouTube, and that's what really got me started. So, but I just started doing let's plays, and um, I don't really have the best capturing device for let's plays because my laptop only has like two gigs of ram it's it's so slow uh so i don't really get to capture a whole lot with that so i've been i've been doing it the uh the long boy 1975 way you know the whole gorilla uh yeah. footage I, I shoot it with my camera and the last one i did actually was my recent video which was uh pocky and rocky for the snes and that was that was a really really that's a really fun game. But I think about it like this: I, if I'm not going to get a whole lot of views on my let's plays, I'm not going to spend you know a hundred dollars for a good capture card. I'm like, ah, eh, you know, it is. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's, I must admit, I mean, mine's is mostly gameplays. Even when I'm doing 
like a vlog or whatever, because I don't really, I, I don't really appear on camera because I don't like appear on camera. So even when I'm just doing like a talkie, it's still gameplay. <laughs> so, but yeah, anyway, I, I think yeah, when you're doing gameplays, you don't get as much views. I have to admit. But yeah, some people it's do. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to to talk to talk while you're playing. I mean, I I, I was sitting there playing and I was, you know. I could find myself being quiet when I start really getting into it, but then I'd be like, "Oh yeah," you know, because it was it was a Halloween video, so I'd be like, "Oh yeah, hey guys, uh, what are you guys going to be for Halloween? Leave a comment below," <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's, it's strange. Some people do like. I mean, I've I follow some channels that will get like half a million subscribers, and all they do is gameplay. So I'd like to know what they're doing that's so different from what I'm doing. I mean, it's just I could do the same footage. It must be it must be the way they talk. I guess I guess it must be the they must talk about the game better than what I talk about it. I suppose. I, I don't know what it is. It's just it's something about YouTube. Because um, I don't think I, at this point I don't think it's content. Because I think a lot a, a lot of people I know have great channels that really deserve a lot more yeah. uh, you know subscribers and a lot more views. But I think what it is is the community is so big, and, and there's there's clicks. There's little niches that have a certain audience that people find like this person, they stick with them, and then they show their friends or, or they get more popular, rather it be like a sponsorship or just who they know and stuff like that. So uh, I don't really know what it is, but no, I agree with you. Yeah. Oh, well, that, I mean, I'm not too bothered about um, views and subscribers anyway. I mean, I've, I've, made, I've got a, a group of about Ten guys that always talk to, like I've met through YouTube, and, and it's only those ten guys that are commenting on my videos, and I'm, I'm happy with that. That's all that matters. Yeah. And I comment on their videos, and we talk on Facebook, or whatever. And yeah, if that's if it's just that small group of people, I don't really care. Yeah, I think I think what it is is because uh, I'm actually going to be doing a panel in December, and uh, there's we're going to have a, a local convention here in Wilmington. And uh, it's called Anawave. It's going to be an anime convention. And I went last year. It was my first convention I ever went to. And I had a blast. And I filmed it. And uh, I shared it on their Facebook. And they really liked it. Then they found out I was a local YouTuber. And I had a podcast. So I've been doing a little bit of work with them. And I'm going to work on doing a um, a panel for that about how to start a YouTube or podcast, yeah. and I, mean, I think that's one the that's one of the things I want to stress the most about is don't worry about subscribers, don't worry about uh, views, worry about the connection you have with your general audience because that's what it's really all about. I mean, I'd rather have you know thirty people that watch my content and they really are um, they show a lot of gratitude about what I put into it than to have you know a million subscribers that I, I can't connect to. You know, yeah. it's all about connection, sharing your passion with people. I don't think I would want to be at the stage where I've got 10, 20,000 subscribers and I can't, because if you've got that many subscribers and you're getting that many comments, you can't possibly reply to all, all those comments. And I, I like replying to the comments personally and, you know, if, if somebody's taking the time to comment on my video, I want to comment back to them. But if I had 10,000 subscribers, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I have just a little over a 1,000, and it's already hard for me. Yeah. Like, um, Dave, Dave Wade's got, 
he's just come up for he's just short of four thousand, but he still manages to reply to most of his comments. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he finds the time. I really don't know how he does it. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I was just asking you if you'd done gameplay because I was going to ask if you've ever done any gameplay of Super Mario World. I haven't, but I'd, oh. that, that'd be something I want to do. That's another thing about Let's Plays, man. It's like, I've been wanting to do Let's Plays, but sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, that game's already been done to death, you know, everyone. But then again, no one's watched me play it, you know, so maybe the things that I talk about, because that's something I've I've tried to do on my Let's Plays as well, is kind of mix my style into it. So I'll be playing a game, and I might go into a uh, uh, a tangent about, a childhood memory or something like that or you know i'll see something i was like man i remember when i thought this was that or you know i remember playing this at my friend's house and i had to leave because he had headlights or something <laughs> you know something weird like that yeah so I, I i don't know um i it's always up it's always up in the future man with let's plays so yeah Super Mario, Super Mario world was out in uh, 1991 in north america and uh, 1992 were here, so another classic retro game. <laughs> oh man, so good! Yeah. So, if we can move on to number six, have you got one? Yeah, uh, number six would be um, the Legend of Zelda uh, Wind Waker. You thought I was going to say Link to the Past? I was. I, I was just about to say. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Link to the Past. Don't get me wrong, but Wind Waker has something a little special that I really like about it. And I, th- I think what it was, was it was such a curveball when the game came out because, you know, we were so used to um, Ocarina of Time and Jorah's Mask and we were used to that play style. And when GameCube had just came out, we were like, they even showed during the um, the test, the testing of the GameCube, they showed a really nice rendered fight between Link and Ganondorf. And then they turned around and they showed us Wind Waker, which introduced... Uh, that cel-shaded graphics that was really, really starting to get big at the time. And I know a lot of people were really turned off by it. A lot of people were like, what the hell is this? You know? And I was one of them. It really struck me off guard. But I remember when I rented it and I played it, I felt like I was playing a Saturday morning cartoon. Like it it just had this little (laughs) magicalness to it. And uh, I really loved... You know, the water effects and the story was really, really cool. It was a little different than your usual uh, Zelda game. It, he actually had more of a family in Wind Waker than he did in the other ones. I mean, the rest of them, he, you know, he, like, Link to the Past, he had his uncle and stuff like that. And, you know, Ocarina of Time, he had his friends. But this is one that he actually had, like, a grandmother. He had a sister. You know, he was on this island. He was a normal kid. He wasn't some orphan or some... Uh, underdog or reject in a in a village, so that that was that was a really good one. And plus, I loved, I freaking loved the last uh, hit that Link did for Ganondorf. That last hit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this game has been picked before on Desert Island Games, but as always, I can't remember who picked it. But yeah, I think it's definitely been picked. Uh, I know um, Link to the Past has definitely been picked uh, by Harry Yak. But yeah, um, so this is the GameCube version that you would have, you would have played, yeah. Yeah, and I I love playing the HD remake on Wii U as well. Uh, it was a really big treat to get that on the Wii U because unfortunately I had to sell my copy of Wind Waker years ago, mm-hmm. 
And uh, that game's it's not up there in price, but it's a little too much that I would, that I would consider paying for a GameCube game. I think it's like thirty or forty dollars right now, and I'm just kind of like, eh. You know, when I bought it, it was like twenty dollars. So it's kind of nuts. Like so expensive. It can't be that rare. Is it? Is it quite a rare game? I don't think it's rare. I just think it's um, it's a Zelda game. Like there's something about those first party Nintendo games that uh, they 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 keep value. I mean, look at the Mario Karts. The Mario Karts, even Mario Kart on the DS. That's normal. Mario Kart DS is, you know, I still see it in retail stores going for twenty-four, thirty dollars. Yes. It's insane. Well, according to my sources, it would sold just over three million copies worldwide. Mm. It's actually not even half what um, Ocarina of Time sold. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved I loved Ocarina of Time. I that was a really good one, but um, I really liked what Wind Waker had to offer. I, I'd say one one Zelda game I haven't beaten that I just cannot. Uh, it's not that I hate it, but I just cannot find my way to finish it. Is Twilight Princess? Yeah, I can't say I've, I've actually ever played any Zelda games. If I'm being honest, but um, it just goes back to that old. I keep saying I was never a Nintendo guy, so I wouldn't have these ones would have passed me by, unfortunately. Now, now you had a Sega Master System. Did you ever play games like like Golden, like Golden Axe Warrior or Gorvelius or any games like that? I played Golden Axe, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I would actually love to get my Sega Master System back one day. Get a buyer, get get on eBay and buy a Sega Master System for real, relive my youth. I just recently got one for the first time. I got one just uh, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, probably about a month ago. I finally had a gotten a master system from a friend of mine, and uh, I'm starting to collect for it. It's a lot cheaper to collect for than it is to NES right now in the states. Yeah. Um, so I, there's there's already like thirty or forty games I want to get for the Sega Master System. Well, it's going to going to take you a little while. It could take you bit, maybe a year to get to get all those. Oh yeah. Uh, Wind Waker, um, Nintendo Power called it the fourth best game to ever appear, ever appear on a Nintendo console. Mm-hmm. So, interesting quote. Um, official Nintendo magazine placed it 12 in all-time games. Wow. Yeah, pretty high. It's, def- it's definitely a fan favourite. A lot of people do like Wind Waker. Yeah, I'm I wish I remember who else picked it. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody else definitely picked it on Desert Island Games, but my memory's not so good. <laughs> yeah, so Let's that see, was... We're on, we're on number seven now, right? Yeah, number seven. I was going to see, yeah. Let's see, number seven would be... Um, huh. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna pick one, but I, I'm trying to stick to single-player games because I'm, I'm by myself on this right. desert... Right now, uh, number seven would be. You know what? I'm going to go with an RPG, and I want to say Dragon Quest Nine for the for the DS. Okay, so why Dragon Quest Nine? Uh, I'm a huge Dragon Quest fan. Um, now, while Dragon Quest Nine isn't my favorite Dragon Quest 
Um, my favorite Dragon Quest would be Dragon Quest Four. That was my favorite. That was on the NES. But what I really liked about the ninth one was I really liked the uh, the customization that you could you made your own character and you kind of lived your own story. Where all the other Dragon Quest, um, you kind of followed this certain you know storyline or mythology. But this is the one that you know you were your own person. You made your person from scratch and. Um, you you could choose uh, who would be on your party, and you could have your own party. It wasn't like you met people on the side, and they were like, "Oh, look, you know, I met you know this guy at a at a, a bridge. Me and him got in a fight, but now we're friends, and now he's on my team." It wasn't anything like that. You had to choose people in a bar and like scout them out to get them on your team, and uh, and if you did have online, you'd also play online with your friends, and they could join your party and stuff, and it had, had a very interesting story, too. I mean, the fact that you were a, a fallen angel and stuff like that, I thought that was really, really cool. I really enjoyed Dragon Quest IX. Nintendo DS. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, developed by Square Enix. Is it Enix or Enix? I never remember how to say that, but... I just say Square Enix, yeah. Square Enix, yeah. And it's actually only four years old. It's only, well, yeah, four years old. It came out in 2010 in North America. Mm-hmm. So do you still, it's a game that you still play now, even now then? Uh, last time I played it was probably about uh, a year ago. Right. Last time I played it. Uh, I did beat it, but I mean, I've I've went back and played it a couple times. And uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those games that's going to hold up and test the time. It's, it's really fun. Um, yeah, I never had a Nintendo DS. My wife had a Nintendo DS, but she was into games like um, Professor Layton. Mm. Um, which, uh, she usually just passed the, the Nintendo DS to me and got me to solve the puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's I think, a small experience of playing a Nintendo DS. My wife's got a Nintendo 3DS. It sits in her um, front room. Uh, unused. Darren Dust, she doesn't even use it. It's a waste. Yeah, DS and the 3DS are such great, um, they're, they're, they're such great little handhelds, man. I love them. Yeah, I've, I've got the handheld wise, got a PSP and PS Vita. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, so this game got 8 out of 10 from IGN. And also 90% from the official Nintendo magazine. Mm. Um, Nintendo Power again, getting back to them, they voted it that was DS Game of the Year 2010. And also Best RPG of 2010. Oh wow. Uh, what else has it done? Um, she received several awards. Yeah. Um, it's listed by Game of Sutra as the number one handheld game for 2010. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a really it's a really good game, man. I mean, I mean, I don't know your your partake and taste in gaming, but I mean, if you have some way, or if you're in the RPGs and you have some way to dust off that DS, definitely pick it up. Yeah, that's it. I'm not really a big role playing game RPG fan. I'd, I was on the Retro Renaissance podcast a, uh, a couple of months ago, and it was an RPG special, and I was like, all these games are going over my head, I have no idea. 
my, my two favourite genres are um, point and click adventures and racing games. Well, okay. Yeah, so, <coughs> strange combination, but, um, yeah, RPG. <laughs> I've bought, um, I've bought, I don't know if you call it an RPG or not, but I've bought Oblivion, um, Elder Scrolls Oblivion for the Xbox 360, uh, off of a mm. fellow YouTuber, uh, Dave Price. So, um, that's sitting there, I'm ready to get into that at some point and break my RPG for Janine, <laughs> if you will, but, yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one to start out with. Yeah, I always fancied like Skyrim because a lot of my friends play Skyrim, but um, Oblivion is the one before Skyrim, I think. Yep. Do you like Skyrim yourself? Oh man, I, I love I love the Elder Scrolls series. Um, I date back all the way to uh, Morrowind on the original Xbox. That was the first one I played. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, one of these days I will get into it. I'll drag myself away from my racing games. <laughs> what do you think of the racing game genre? I I like racing games. I'm more of an arcade racer yeah. fan myself. I I I'm not a big simulation kind of person. Like I I I enjoyed games like Gran Turismo and stuff like that. And MotoGP was a lot of fun. But I am a much bigger fan of games like Crazy Taxi and Test Drive, Need for Speed, Ridge Racer, Hydro Thunder. Uh, Blur, also um, the Burnout series. I, 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 I think that's because that's what I started out with. You know, I started out as a kid playing Pole Position in the arcades and Rad Racer. So, I mean, it's just... When I play racing games, I like to play games that have, like, crazy jumps and, you know, really colorful, awesome soundtrack, kick-ass cars. That's what I like to play. Crazy Taxi, crazy taxi is awesome for that. Um I've recently been playing the, the crazy box mode, crazy taxi. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know if you've you've watched a uh, 90s video game dude who does the uh, Chippy Chips podcast on Restaurant. Oh, yeah. He's uh, he's doing a 200 subscriber special. Uh, he wanted us all to play the crazy box mode and crazy taxi. And my goodness, that is that is a lot harder than it looks. Mm. Uh, like the first one's okay, where you just have to do the the jump and go so many meters. But there's other ones we need to collect so many passengers in um, so many seconds it's, uh, and there's one where you have to knock down like so many 10 pin bowling pins in a certain amount of time it's just really really hard but a lot of fun anyway I digress <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we're actually on to the, your last game already Yeah, uh, game number 8 um, you do know as well that you get to pick one book and one retro, uh, one retro item one more item as well don't you I don't know if I told you that I get to pick like uh, like an extra one in well, case. Uh, no, you get you get to pick a book plus a, a lot of items. So that can be like people have picked like iPods, uh, Robin. Oh, okay. Picked, he picked a gym, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Things that make your life on the island a little bit, a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> have a little think about them while you pick while you pick your last game. All right, uh, my last game. Oh man, this this is where it gets kind of hard. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, it was so it was so easy just to plow through them. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a fighting game this time. I'm gonna pick uh, Street Fighter Alpha, Street Fighter Alpha Two to be exact. Uh, that is my favorite Street Fighter of all time. I'm, I mean, I love Street Fighter Two. I love um, you know all the different variations of that. But Street Fighter Alpha 2 just had a very special something that I really, really enjoyed. And um, 
That would definitely be one of them. I mean, I would have a little bit of fun, too, because I would be battling the computer player all the time, so at least I would have some sort of um, feeling as if someone is playing with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, it's Street Fighter Alpha 2. And what would be your chosen platform, I'm guessing, SNES? No. Oh. Uh, nah, because nah, the uh, Street Fighter Alpha 2 on, S- on the SNES was... It's not a great port. I'd probably pick. Um, uh, that's hard because I'm I'm thinking between the PlayStation or the Sega Saturn. Uh, you know what? I want to pick the Sega Saturn because I really like the Sega Saturn uh, Model Two controller. I like the D pad a lot more on that than the PlayStation. Uh, so it came full circle because your first game you're like, oh, it's, this game's coming out for Sega, uh, the Castlevania coming out for Sega Saturn, but it should have come out for Nintendo. So now you're picking a Sega Saturn game for your last game. Yep. <laughs> See, you had a you had a Sega Saturn when when it was out. No, uh, I got I got a Sega Saturn in 2012, and I don't have a whole lot of games. I have probably like 13 games for the Sega Saturn just because it's such an expensive console to collect for. And uh, to really enjoy that console, you have to get one of those action replays or uh, memory carts to uh, hook into it to play imports. Imports are a whole new world when it comes to the Sega Saturn. They're very expensive, though. It's an expensive world. Yeah, I don't think I'll be collecting for that system anytime soon. I've heard, I've seen as well, well, not heard, I've seen on people's YouTube channels, and I don't know what it's like in America, but the European boxes are absolute crap for the, for the games. They kind of cardboard, they fall apart boxes. I don't know if they're any better for the American ones. Uh, they're just as bad. Our, our cases for the Sega Saturn are like, a lot like the ones that were on the Sega CD. They're like the big, giant, thin, plastic jewel cases. And the hinges, they break real easily. Um, It's very rare that you actually find, if you do find a Sega Saturn game, it's really rare that you find one complete. I mean, because no one took care of them. You know, you find them out in the wild, it's mostly just disc or anything like that. So a lot of the games that I have on Sega Saturn are loose, but what I did is I went to a website called thecoverproject.net, and you yeah. can print out you can print out covers, and you can put them in DVD cases. Yeah. So I have a, a couple of Sega Saturn games that have custom artwork on DVD cases, and yeah, it's a similar completionist. It's it's probably they're probably like turning their nose right now, but I also I don't mind emulation either. I just love playing video games, so uh, it looks a lot better than having a CD wallet full of games and getting the disc scratched. That's how I look at it. Yeah. So, do you have a particular favorite character from Street Fighter Alpha Two? Uh, I'd probably pick. Uh, I'm, I'm very basic. I'd probably pick Ryu. Fair enough. You had, you find you had the most success. You can you memorize his moves better? Yeah, he's he's a lot more um, he's a lot more basic. I mean, he's like your go-to guy. Um, he's he's pretty much like Luke Kane in Mortal Kombat. He has the easiest uh-huh. moves to do. And uh, I, you know, when I was younger, I, I liked a lot more of the other Street Fighters. Like I loved Guile, I loved uh, Blanca and Vega. But as I've gotten older and I don't know about you, man, but it's like, as I've gotten older with gaming, my skill has really dropped. I'm not as good as I was when I was a kid, so... Definitely, yeah. I, I show myself up when I'm doing my gameplays, because I'm especially, actually, funny you should mention Mortal Kombat. Um, 
I was I done some Mortal Kombat let's plays recently and I was just awful. <laughs> the only movie yeah. I could pull off was like an uppercut. <laughs> like, like, anything else is like I think I accidentally managed to do Luke Hans Fireball, but I didn't know how I'd done it. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> but I managed to because playing it on easy level, I managed to get through a few levels because I was just doing uppercutting people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although I'm kind of blaming it on my, I'm playing it on a modded Xbox, but I've got like twelve thousand odd games, so. I'm blaming the controller not being set up properly. Properly, uh, that's that's my excuse. <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right, man. I was never really that good a game player in the first player in the first place, but definitely got worse as I got older. I don't know if it's our reactions or what it is, uh, but I, and I've had a lot of people mention that you know as they've gotten older, they don't they can't play games like they used to. You know, my taste in gaming has changed a lot as I've gotten older. I used to be a huge of a huge RPG uh, person when I was younger, and I still love playing RPGs, but I don't play them as much as I used to, just because of time. You know, I don't have the time to sit there and beat a game that's like seventy to eighty hours long. You know, I, I like to play shorter games. I like to play games that I can just pick up, play, and put down. Uh, I just recently beat Bayonetta two on the Wii U, and that was a blast. That was the first game I can say that I've played since The Last of Us. That I played and beat in one setting. It was great feeling. <laughs> you completed the last of us in one setting. Oh yeah! Wow, <laughs> that must have been a quite, a quite a session. Oh, dude, it was. It, it, it took about it probably was all an all day thing. Like I, I played it all day that day. I just couldn't. I just couldn't put it down. Yeah, I like that last of us. I've not really. I've, I've not really got that far into it yet, but it's definitely a brilliant game. Love it. I think I might get it for PlayStation 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I going to say? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. Um, yeah, just talking about like getting worse at games as you get older. I mean, I, I don't know if it's maybe... When you're younger, you're maybe more carefree and you don't really get a lot of things in your mind, whereas you're older, you might be preoccupied. You might be thinking, right, I'm playing this game, but I need to do this later, and blah, blah, blah. So maybe... Maybe... You've got things playing in your mind when you're playing it, and you don't have the same concentration, perhaps. Yeah, I mean that, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. Responsibilities as an adult. I don't like being an adult. I prefer being a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. I mean, I you know I have two nephews. Uh, you know, they're one and two, and I love the fact that you know I have little nephews. So now I can it gives me more of a reason to go to places like Toys R Us and look at action figures. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah, I don't really have that excuse anymore. I've got two nephews as well, but they're um, 20 and 21. So, uh, ah. yeah. I, I don't really, I can't really say, well, I'm going to look at action figures because I'm taking my nephew. But your, your nephew's 21. Um, that's your eight games already. I don't know if you might have to have a think about your uh, a book and a luxury item. Uh, you know what? My luxury item. I would probably choose would be uh, I'd pro I'd probably choose uh, something to listen to music with like an iPod or something like that because I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm a huge gamer but I'm also a, a, a really big lover of music and and a musician and uh, I don't know I'd love to have an iPod full of uh, some of my favorite artists some of my favorite bands some video game music soundtracks yeah. Some podcasts. <laughs> yeah, you've, got, you've got to get your fix of uh, IGG. If you're not on it, you can still listen to it. 
I mean, I remember when I was on that show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll just make you homesick. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you, actually, um, about music. You mentioned earlier that you're in a band, so what kind of music are you playing? Uh, well, I, the band I play in, um, it's a rock band. I play bass in, and, uh, you know, we're, we're like a mixture of, like, metal and punk. I've been in that band for about ten years. I've been playing with those guys, and, uh, it was a band that started out in high school, and we've been playing ever since, but I also do other music on the side. Uh, I do a, I do a lot of chiptune music. I do a lot of, um, classical music, um... Actually, one of my biggest dreams when I was a, ever since I was a kid was to do video game music scores. I've always wanted to do that music for then soundtracks. So I do that, and uh, you know I play bass, I play piano, a little bit of guitar, and ukulele. Um, oh, I yeah, I've always had like this little dream. Like I, one of my goals in life is to learn eight instruments before I die. I got four down. I got four more to go. Four so, to go. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I that's what I want to do. And it's all self taught. I've I can't read music to save my life. I learn everything by ear. So it's just something I've you know been been very passionate about, and I've just always been able to pick it up. So and your um, kind of punk. Metal band, what, what kind of is it? Cover versions you do, or do you do your own stuff? Uh, we have a couple covers, but it's all original material that we we we've done like three albums. Um, we we do a little bit of covers when we go to like pubs and bars to play, just to kind of get people to recognize us, sort of get the you know. Sometimes you go to shows and people don't know who you are, and you're playing this music and they they like it, but they don't have anything to um, grasp. So you play like a little cover that everyone knows, and everyone's like, "Oh man, I know that song." So you start playing that, you get people routed up, and you're like, "Well, you like this? Listen to this song that I wrote," and they're like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> Play some more stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, who would you say are your influences then when you're writing your music? Oh man, uh, I have so many huge influences because I, I don't I, I don't really have a certain kind of music. I like I like to listen to everything, and when I say I like to listen to everything, I do listen to everything. I I feel like as a musician, you have to have a very open mind. And kind of just soak everything up like a sponge. So, like one moment I could be listening to like you know Iron Maiden or Black Sabbath, and the next minute I could be listening to uh, Beethoven or uh, Philip Glass or something like that. Um, I I love so much, and there's so much uh, musicians that bleed onto my influences. You know, uh, some of my favorite bass players uh, would be like C. Paris from Iron Maiden, uh, Vic. Putin, uh, Victor Wooten's a, an excellent jazz bassist. He's revolutionized a lot of the way we play slap bass and stuff like that. And uh, Jocko is really big. Also, um, when it comes to piano, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Yoshiki. Which Yoshiki was a uh, he's the drummer and piano player from a Japanese band called X Japan. And X Japan is a huge band over there. They're pretty much like the Led Zeppelin of Japan. They they're they're one of the biggest rock and roll bands there, and um, they're just now starting to get a lot more of American success. Uh, I think in October they're playing Madison Square Garden. So uh, and Yoshiki actually he did the music for uh, I think it was two years ago he did the music for the Golden Globes like the Go- Golden Globes theme. He did the theme for that. So. Uh, Big, big influence, and, you know, I take a lot of my influences also from a lot of video game music, you know, Final Fantasy, uh, Ease, um, Chrono Trigger, 
I, I can't remember uh, right now. I can't remember the guy's name, and I really hate that I can't because me and the guy share the same birthday. But the guy behind, uh, um, I think his first name is Yuzo. He did the music for um, the Shinobi series, like Return of Shinobi right. and Act Razor. He did a couple of the E soundtracks. Um, huge fan of him as well. What what about um, how do you rate uh, Lemmy as a bass player? Lemmy from Waterhead. Oh, I love Lemmy. <laughs> I love Lemmy. Yeah, I was. I've got his. Um, blue, I don't don't know if you've ever seen the Blu-ray film of Lemmy. It's like forty nine percent motherfucker, fifty one percent son of a bitch or something. It's called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's a little kind of yeah. behind the scenes uh, documentary. Uh, sorry, documentary of uh, Lemmy. Yeah, unfortunately his health. Unfortunately, his health isn't doing too well right now. It kind of oh, saddens no. me. Yeah, I know. He is, he is getting on right enough. He's getting, he's getting older. Man, he's lived a he's lived a crazy life, though. Man, I mean, yeah. unfortunately, the day that the day that Lemmy goes, I mean, I think a, a, a large piece of rock and roll history is not going to be around anymore. But yeah. I can honestly say the guy lived the rock and roll lifestyle. I mean, he's he, you always see him with a bottle of Jack Daniels and like. Yeah three or four girls on each shoulder and and, you know, and the thing is it shows you you know when you're passionate about something and you stick with it people are going to people are going to frolic to you you know you can't you can't fake that kind of stuff yeah he actually did a co- collaboration on slash's first solo album um, i don't know if you've heard it it's um slash and guests so it's like all different singers mm-hmm. on it and it, um he does one called uh, Doctor Alibi, and it's I think it's related to his health because he's going about um, going to a doctor, and the doctor's telling him to slow down and stop drinking and all that, and he says, "Oh, I don't like that." So he goes to this second dodgy doctor who tells him, "Yeah, no, just keep on doing what you're doing." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you only live once, exactly. you know. Yeah, I believe that as well. Yeah. Um, what about a book? Do you, are you a big re- reader or? Excuse me? What about a book for the island? Do you read a lot? Like, uh, I don't, I don't read. I don't read as much as I should. Um, the last, the last book that I read, and I didn't really read it, it was an audio book. It was narrated by Will Wheaton, and that was Ready Player One. And that, so, so good, man. And I think that, I mean, I think everyone in the gaming community at some point have even, Either they've read it, heard it, or they've they just know about it because it, it is a huge book. Yeah, I've actually got that on my um, Kindle app on my iPad right now, ready to read it. I've just not read it yet, but I've got it, and I want I'm, I need to start reading it soon because uh, I'm uh, one of, one of my friends recommended it to me, and um, I really fancy it. So, yeah, good choice. Yeah, it's 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 really good, and the fact that uh, it really. It really ties in the heartstrings of that of the culture that we are part of the the gaming culture in the eighties and early nineties. And even if you're not old, if you weren't old enough to grow up, you know, watching you know some of the stuff that they make references to, or you didn't play Dungeons and Dragons, it does a good job explaining it, and it gives you uh, a sense of um, appreciation appreciation to it. Yeah. Cool. So. I think we're coming to the end. Have you got anything you'd like to plug or tell us what's coming up? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I do have uh, another podcast 
uh, podcast that I host, um, Excess Gaming Podcast. And you can listen to that on Podomatic.com, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Just put in Excess Gaming Podcast, and it should it should come up. And, uh, of course, I do I Got Gameplay every Saturday. Uh, we just recently uploaded episode 101, and we had uh, Gamester81 on that episode, and uh, we were interviewing him, and that was a lot of fun. So you can check out I Got Gameplay. Also, the other podcast I'm part of is uh, Entertainment Talk Nation. You can search for that on iTunes now, and it's also on Podbean. And um, also my YouTube channel, <laughs> youtube.com slash Scullion. And I try to put out a weekly video. Um, I, I try to make it at least like every Friday or Saturday or so. I, I try to upload a new video. I've been, been very, very busy with all these other projects I've been doing. I've, I haven't even had a chance to really film yet, so I'm probably going to film sometime later on this week. And I think that my next video is actually not going to be gaming. It's going to be a tribute because uh, tomorrow will be uh, Godzilla's 60th birthday. So I'm going to be doing a video on Godzilla memories. Excellent. Happy birthday, Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> well, there'll be a link. Uh, once I put the YouTube version of this up, uh, there'll be a link to all your stuff um, on the description of that. So awesome. an- anybody that wants to check it out, you'll see all the links below. Nice, nice. Okay, so you've been an absolutely, absolutely wonderful guest. Thank you very much for sparing your time this afternoon. And I'll speak to you soon. All right. Thanks for, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.